This is We Have Notes, a podcast for the pop culture obsessed and the people who love them. Have you ever wondered what would happen if you threw together a Gen X Scorpio with a lifelong pop culture obsession, the ability to consume and log into memory massive amounts of entertainment and social media content, and an outright refusal to fully grow up? Well, you basically end up with me, for better or for worse, Abby Gardner. Throw in the desire to make everyone around me care as deeply about the often inane things that I do, and you have this podcast. So welcome to the inside of my very weird-ass brain, and basically a glimpse of my group text. So maybe you're here because you are similarly inflicted and cannot stop thinking about all these things that many other people in the world consider unimportant. Or you have a lot more to do with your day than I do and need someone to watch it all and distill it down for you. Either way, I've got you covered. I started We Have Notes as a newsletter, basically because so many people in my life were asking me for recommendations about what to watch, what to read, what to listen to, and to explain to them some batshit celebrity scandal, which I would obviously know all the details of immediately. And I also at the time wasn't really writing professionally about the stuff that I loved the most. So I created an outlet for myself. And that newsletter is not going anywhere. It's still going to come out on Fridays. If any of you want to join in and subscribe, we'll leave some information in the in the show notes. But each week here, we, and by we, I mean the many, many, many personalities who reside in my overstimulated head, along with some actual people, real people, very passionate people, will be here to talk about all the things that everybody's talking about. And along the way, I'm planning to drop some kind of mini episodes into the feed, footnotes, if you will, that just cover something that's happening that I feel like we have to talk about right away, like immediately, if not sooner. Think of them like grabbing a handful of candy. And if you know me in real life, you know how important candy is to me. Now you might be sitting here thinking, okay, that sounds great, but like, what do you mean? What are we going to be talking about? And I would say the limit does not exist for matters big and small. From the Real Housewives of New York, who I consider to be warped national treasures, dancing around in pasties in the trailer for their new season, to Charlotte York Goldenblatt smoking a post-coital cigar in a Netflix movie, which she may or may not have an affair with a nanny, to questioning whether or, Heather, whether or not Harry Styles is an all-powerful witch, to which I say, like, a- absolutely. He is a magical creature, musically and otherwise. He's, his power, we're going to talk about that a little bit later in the show. Or what's in Olivia Rodrigo and why is she so freaking sad about her driver's license? And that's one that I hope maybe you've figured out by now because she is a total teen dream. She's not going anywhere. This will not be the last time we talk about her on this show. And you should definitely, definitely stream her new single, Deja Vu. It's got a great Billy Joel reference. It's a little bit petty. It's fantastic. So basically from Netflix to TikTok to Instagram to Hulu to Paramount Plus to Disney Plus, all the pluses and every platform in between, I promise there will be notes. And I promise we're going to have a lot of fun along the way too, or at least I hope we will. So 
welcome to my very first show. We'll be right back with my very first guest. Okay, so my guest today, my very, very first guest, which is so exciting, is Tia Williams, who is not only one of my most favorite writers, but also one of my most favorite humans on the planet. Uh, We first... There she is. We first met as little baby beauty assistants in the heyday of this thing that was called print magazines uh, and have spent all those years since pretty much obsessing passionately about everything from our real lives to our fake lives to famous people, way too many famous people to count and immersing ourselves in fictional realities. Um, she is really my soulmate in pop culture and beyond. And in the before times, we would oft be found with our dear Lori shutting down New York City restaurants after mm-hmm. six plus hours of ridiculous conversations. And I'm very excited to do that again soon. But in the meantime, I'm glad to have her here. Um, Tia is, like I said, the most amazing writer. Her novel, A Perfect Find, is currently being adapted into a Netflix movie by none other than Gabrielle Union, which is, you know, no big deal. And her next novel, Seven Days in June, which we're going to talk about in a little bit, uh, comes out in June, ironically. Um, So I can't wait for you all to read it. It's very sexy and funny and emotional, and it's very, very Tia. So without further ado, hello, Tia Williams. You are here on We Have Notes. How are you? Hello, Abby Gardner. (laughs) I cannot tell you how honored I am to be your guest, to be your first guest. And as you were giving that intro, I was thinking the only thing that we don't have like a connection on is sports. Like that's our only (laughs) spot where we miss each other. Yeah. It's the place where you're like, huh? And then you're like, maybe you should talk to my (laughs) brother-in-law. Yeah, exactly. I just, I have no point of entry. Actually, I know the guys that from like if they're dating a Kardashian or you know, <laughs> yes, you're like my adjacent. World. You're like adjacent. Yeah. You have a very funny line about basketball players in your new book that I told you that I loved very much. Oh, that's um, right. But it's great. So you're like adjacent, but you're not like a psycho about it the way I am because I transfer all the passion I feel about all the ridiculous things we both love. I also feel for sports. So I know yeah, you the- do. <laughs> It's like the same, the same intensity. Like that's a different podcast. I feel like you need to start a different one. It's like a spinoff. Yeah, definitely. Sidebar Um, pod. Exactly. You know, I love to be like sidebar. Um, (laughs) We have notes, sidebar sports. Maybe that's in the future. Um, But yes, today we're going to talk about the stuff we both love. But one thing I know we're both pretty obsessed with right now is this return of the real world. In New York. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's speaking directly to our 17-year-old selves, which I feel like in a lot of ways, especially with you and I, like we just got stuck there. <laughs> I know. Well, that's the thing. I was like, I haven't grown up. Right. So for anyone listening who doesn't know, the original real world cast, the first people in New York who were definitive to Gen Xers like Tia and myself, they have gotten the cast back together and put them back in the same loft in Soho all these years later. It was on in 1992. So they're all grown and they're back in this apartment, which, I mean, 
was by far like part of the reason I was like, I have to live in New York and I want to live downtown in a loft, you know, in Soho. Oh, absolutely. (laughs) Yeah. And go have the exact same experiences. And then when we got here, I would hang out at Gonzales y Gonzales right next (laughs) to the (laughs) And then go to like, um, oh, what was that big vintage store on Broadway? Oh, gosh. Um. I cannot remember I'll, the name I'll think of, it. of it. But, but like, there's we the all Dean got our and DeLuca. There. Yeah, we all got our jeans there. And then my, I was just thinking. Antique when they, Boutique. Antique Boutique. Thank you. Yeah. Um, so yeah, so they're back in the loft. And, the, and this show, I mean, you know, we think about reality now, reality shows now. And they're, you know, these are like, it's a springboard to becoming an influencer and right. your brand and all this stuff where the original real world, there was no expectation of any of that. Obviously, there was no social media. There was not the internet. There were landlines and all these things. But they had mm-hmm. some like really intense conversations on that show. And I think that people who aren't our age don't realize that that's what, how reality TV started. And now they're having them again. And these people all had jobs. They were trying to make careers of themselves as artists, singers, musicians, writers in New York. So it felt like, oh, yes, this is the New York I want to live in. Right. And it's interesting to think about as I'm watching the reunion, I'm realizing how much it changed. I forgot that the original couple of seasons, everyone was an artist. And and everyone was trying to make it comedian, actress, like all, you know, I'm thinking of LA, the second season. Yeah. And as it went on and like hot tubs were added and bars (laughs) in the, you know, like in their (laughs) lofts or apartments. And it just became like, how drunk can we get these kids? How silly, you know, but in the beginning, it really was like, it was cultural appointment television. We'd never seen anything like that. And there was no prototype. And certainly- these very like vulnerable, transparent racial discussions had yeah. never happened on TV before. There was no precedent for it. And and that I mean, you are a black woman. So what I'm a white woman, for those who don't know. Um, and I, I they were very impactful on me. But how did that feel for you as a black person well, to so see those funny. conversations happening? Yeah. Okay. So this is 1992. We have Kevin. Pa- so everyone is like in their early 20s or, you know, Julie is 19. She's the youngest. I think Becky yeah. was, was in her late uh, 20s. She was older I, yeah. than everyone. Yeah. Um, but we have Kevin Powell, who is a noted activist and author. And he used to write a million vibe cover stories in Rolling Stone. Like, um, But back then he was a, a student activist. I think he had just graduated or was still in college. And, you know, so he's in this space and, you know, he's taught, this isn't Black Lives Matter. This isn't, you can pull up the internet and and read anything written by anyone. You can pull up Medium and get, you know, a point of view about race. I mean, it was like, if you come from a place where you don't really know any Black people and you're just looking at the news or listening to your church or... um you know, talk radio, you, you may think some very bigoted things. And it wasn't until all these kids were put in a situation together with this young activist that it was the first time that they really were faced with the idea of systemic racism and um, having to confront these things because a lot of white people then and now sort of think of race, the more progressive white people think of racism as saying the N-word or being mean to, mean to a black person. Right. And Kevin was trying to get them to understand systemic racism. And for me, as a black teenager in a white school who had been in white schools her whole life, 
and was really had figured out sort of a a social a social system that made it easiest for me which was do not ruffle the feathers of the white people do not upset the white people speak their language, know who you are, understand the truth, but just get through high school so you can go to college and find a community of people who look like you and understand you. Just get through it. So when I would see Kevin really confront his roommates and, you know, be what was interpreted as aggressive and trying to get his point across, I would cringe because I'd be like, no, this is going to make it hard now. Like, don't point out the scary truths to the 19 year old white girl. Like, just go out and have fun. Like, make it easier for yourself because that was always my way I got through. A coping mechanism, right? That's totally a coping mechanism. Um, And it's also a product of the time. Like, just don't ruffle the feathers. And then to hear what he's saying now in this time where my 12-year-old daughter has a full vocabulary, you know, on how to discuss race in America, gender in America, identity in America, all of those things. And seeing the way what Kevin is saying, seeing how it lands today with, you know, the roommates as grownups was very interesting. Everyone had evolved. (laughs) But one person and her name is Becky and she is a Becky. It was shocking. It was. And then it wasn't right, which is sad, but she thinks she's very progressive, but she automatically and and when not just Kevin at this point, right, because so many of like you said, so many of the roommates have evolved their thinking and have done what seems to be a lot of listening to yes. to other people, um, including, you know, and Julie, being, you know, who was the 19 year old from Alabama who still lives in Alabama and seems to have done a lot of listening and a lot of, you know, and she's work. not perfect and work, but like she's done some stuff and not that she needs to get a gold medal for that, but she's done it. And she wasn't doing it on television and she wasn't, you know, she was just living her life. But all of them seemed to, except for Becky. And and she went automatically to the defensive place and automatically to the like, I took an Afro-Brazilian dance class. I will never, like literally on my deathbed, (laughs) I will be discussing that. Because it was like, I took an Afro-Brazilian dance class and my, I lost my color. I lost my color. I was like, what? And it sounds like a Jordan Peele movie. It was was so rough. I mean, it was so, but again, it's like, I hope people are watching this, like people our age, but also I I like that. I hope people younger are watching it too, because they're showing a lot of clips of the old show. And I think that's important to put the context, but yeah, man, the whole like, and then she's, you know, well, I think everyone should have the right to earn (gasps) travel. (laughs) Like she basically said, I... Go ahead. It's like, yeah, she's like, everyone has the right to earn elite things. <laughs> yeah. And it's like, yeah, everyone should. Everyone doesn't have that opportunity. Like, what is she talking yeah. And to study with like a Russian, like, what was it, vague theoretical <laughs> physicist or something for yeah. 20 years? She- the privilege of just being able to follow around a theoretical physicist for 20 years yeah. while and- living in European locales? Like, we don't like her opinion is already null and void right I mean she was like well I can't say it's science but it is like science you're like is it is it science (laughs) I'm not sure I don't know if it's science science. I mean she also had told us in a previous episode that she'd been communicating with John Lennon the entire time they were living in the house and you know what's so nuts helping her write songs so (laughs) 
and continued to until just here recently. <laughs> and he wasn't like, I mean, it was just John, you know? And her behavior with the whole Afro-Brazilian dance class, the whole conversation with Kevin was so outrageous that I forgot about the fact that John Lennon had been communicating with her for the better part of 15 years. But that's how outrageous that conversation was that we forgot that. I mean, it's wild. And then, and then the audacity of the way she left, right? And and she leaves. And I don't know if she's coming back. And Eric, poor Eric Neese is on a screen because he's got COVID and he is having a relationship with COVID because he is a holistic some sort of something too. But she just is like, no, I'm out. I'm a, I'm above it's again she's above it she thinks she's evolved past it when even her friend like Norman was like I'm trying to help you like this is this is bad you look bad like this yeah. is not the way you should be even just she couldn't even the vanity of it couldn't even get through to her That's how you know that's how that's how far gone she she was because right. vanity will scoop me up in a second <laughs> like, Me too It'll get me right together <laughs> like if if I'm getting a nudge from a friend, like you need to wrap it up now, like I would wrap it up. Yeah. Yeah. That's what your friends are for to be like, pull it back. I mean, that's what I need out of someday if I find a man to spend my life with. Like, he's going to have to pull me. That's what I need in this life is like, reel it in, Ab. Reel it in. I wanted to move on to another topic near and dear to both of our hearts horny pop culture. <laughs> I mean, yes. sexy, sexy things. Horny pop culture. We have never shied away from talking about such matters to each other, but it feels like horniness is like on display now, like in a public way. I mean, from WAP and Watermelon Sugar and Bridgerton and like all of it. Like, what is your take on this? I need like Tia's Tia's sense of like this world right now. Okay. Yes. We are both very horny, always have been. And this has nothing to do with who is in our lives. Like no. just <laughs> independently of any sort of outside, like actual stimulation from a, a human. <laughs> no, absolutely. Just in our core, we're just always sort of thinking about sex. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I think it's coming to the forefront right now because what else are we going to do? Like everyone is spending all this time alone at home, um, you know, without partners. If you're really trying to be safe and healthy, you're not really like doing dating apps and right. having one night stands. Um, I, I know our generation isn't. <laughs> no. And um, you need to have some sort of stimulation. And and I wonder if <laughs> I wonder if. <laughs> Things have become so much sexier because we're so much hornier because of all these endless stretches of time and 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 lack of, you know, um, lack of stimulation. Like, is it because this is the lens we're seeing the world through? <laughs> like, are we making the world hornier or is it actually hornier? I don't know because it's like there's definitely it's not like there's not been sexy shows or sexy songs or things in the world before. Right. right? Like they've existed, but it feels so at the forefront of everything it's wild because even people that because like you and I like you said this is like in our it's like one of our core yes. principles right but but people that don't usually talk about stuff like this I'm like wait oh right. you want to too okay yeah. cool and then like the younger generation yeah. is just like rail me run me over totally. like this is just like they're 
the way they it's talk so funny. about Hit people. me with a bus. Um, like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Really, girl? <laughs> so much hit me with a bus and so much like throw me yes. in the back of a van. Like it's so crazy. Like, yeah. Kidnap my ass and throw me in a basement. Like, <laughs> exactly. And they, they like love to talk about the fanfic mm-hmm. they read, the things that were like oh, in the yeah. dark. Like they bring to the light and you know how I feel about, and you and I have talked many times about, and we've seen it in many people that an unhealthy obsession with Harry Styles can reignite a woman's sexual being in, in a way like no other. And let's sound trite. I I also, I really need to, to (laughs) double down on this. Like I have known at least six women for whom this has happened to like you casually listen <laughs> yeah. to you know um yeah watermelon watermelon sugar or in my case uh i, I watched did you ever see because it's off now off of apple tv but he did a behind the album oh i've i've watched it like i you can find it on the internet and i've um, watched it. Like many, my girlfriend was, just, I was just like, I need some new music. And my girlfriend was like, oh, she sat next to me at Bumble and Bumble. And she was like, you should check out Harry Styles. Like, I know it sounds funny, but like he did this doc on Apple TV and he's like really cute. And he, he has like really great hair. And I was like, oh God, whatever. It's fine. <laughs> Casually watched it and blacked out <laughs> it's- for 2016 and 2017. I don't remember those years. I raised a child. I wrote a book. I don't remember any of it because all I did was read fanfic, watch compilation videos. I have friends on Tumblr that are maybe 22. And they all have names like, I mean, you know, I- um, uh, Harry Bust My Cherry. Like, it's or demented Harry. <laughs> I mean, yeah, like this. I mean, you know, I've been in this space and I laugh because it's so real. And it's um, a slippery slope. Like you think you're I mean, just casually enjoying it. You can't. It's like because when I became no. a Harry, which is what our tribe is called, he only had yes, his one yes. album and it just came out, his one solo album. And I was. Right, you know, thirsty for more content. HS1, so HS1, I had to you go know. backwards and become a directioner. Oh yeah, well this is this is what you have yeah. to back into Which that. Which was mortifying because, and now with TikTok, you know, it's it's like my whole for you page, right. and that's fine. I mean, that's I mean, it's been my algorithm yeah. knows me, and it's it's that, and there's some comedy, and there's mm-hmm. some Taylor Swift, and then there's like a lot of stuff where that comes together. Well, are you a hailer? Um, I don't think because the ever Swifties discussed and, that. I I. I I I enjoy Haler very much. I really enjoyed this period of time on TikTok where everyone was back down the path where they had convinced themselves that Haler had committed vehicular uh, manslaughter. <laughs> and and so I know that wasn't new, but it like came back, you know, because I think they were both like at the forefront of the culture again with like, you know, with his album yeah. and her two albums and, and then, and then, and the then they talk to each other forget at the Grammys it. and I, I get, yeah. forget it. Like I can't, it's too much for me. I mean, I, I hold a diluted fantasy cause you know, she's re-recording yeah. all of her 
uh, albums that like she's going to convince him to be on 1989 Imagine. and that and that if he sings like remember when I hit the brakes too soon 20 stitches in a hospital room when I started crying you did too like if he no, comes in on that verse which is my dream I, I will turn to dust <laughs> I will turn to dust I will see, it will be like the leftovers <laughs> I will just be gone but then I have now indoctrinated other people who now have gone down this path that you have yeah. described so well. And it's crazy. And to like, watch. it's, it's real. It's, it's very real. And it's like, I'm like, I'm here for you. And I also, I'm, I mean, half the reason I like doing this podcast and then started the newsletter that spun off into this is because I like to, well, as you would call it in your family. Yes. Devening. <laughs> but like, I would, I like to indoctrinate people into the things that I'm obsessed with and I want them to be obsessed. But then with, but the, with the Harry thing, it's sometimes I feel a little bad because it's an all-encompassing. Um, well, it could get messy, and and the thing is, like, so my yeah. Harry guide, and it hurts. You can have pain. I you can have pain cried over this man. <laughs> in the dark, dark days in the beginning, when you really go crazy, like there's a part in the beginning where you're yeah, just yeah. a fucking mess. <laughs> yeah. Sleep doesn't matter. <laughs> This is no. I, I, this is so embarrassing. Like, because if you haven't experienced it, you're gonna, there. People are going to think that we, <laughs> we need to be admitted somewhere. <laughs> so my spirit guide, and they, and might, they be might be right. right. They might be. So obviously, Robin was helping helping lead me through my acid yes. trip because you know you need your guide, and yeah. um, and you do she, the whole time she was so apologetic and I didn't understand why. And it was yeah. always this sort of language yeah. of, oh, honey, I mean, if you're into this, I'll help you. But I would advise you to get out while you're ahead. She was right. I will say, speaking of sexy pop culture, the idea of yes. you uh, by Robin Lee of whom we speak is a fantastic book that you introduced to me that yeah. I have read three times. Um, I introduced to a few other people who have read it multiple times. And it is about a 40-year-old woman who falls in love with a young, much younger member of a very, very famous British boy band. After taking her 12-year-old daughter to go to a concert to see them, she meets him backstage. And <laughs> yes. the guy is also her daughter's yes. crush. It gets really um murky in yeah. there. It's murky. It's a great, it's a great book on so many levels. And it's and it's sexy and it's emotional and it it's I cried I it's you get to go all over the world it's like it also has yeah. that fantasy to it right they are in some like really amazing places and we've all been in our yeah, houses it's a perfect quarantine um, read. I mean that has to be like so much of its resurgence is just I mean it came out in 2017 and then it just blew up again this year and yeah. it has to be that we're all just starved for all of this the connection, falling in love, yeah, like, like physical, that. Touch. physical touch, going places, going to these gorgeous, exotic, you know, destinations. It's oh, the most delicious read. I think you know, and and I think that's why people were gravitating. I mean, Netflix is going to have these hit shows that pop, and like Bridgerton apparently is their biggest show. I mean, they're so okay yeah. with their numbers, but the biggest show, and it's like cross generational. Mm -hmm. Like grandmas are hot for the Duke. Like everybody, it's just like oh, the passion, the you know, I think that draw to like that in that passion, that lust, that craving right. for someone. And we've all had that. And I think it's one of the things I loved to just get right into another of my favorite reads, um, your new book, Seven Days in June, which um, 
has a lot of those qualities too. So why don't like tell our listeners like a little bit about what the book is about. So um, this is still so weird because it doesn't come out until June. And so uh, not a lot of people have read it, obviously, just like people who've gotten like early galleys and like you. And so hearing the feedback is still, I'm at this this moment where it's like, oh God, is it good? I, I, I don't know. Like It's good, people. It's very good. <laughs> um, so it happened because I was watching um, Leo and Claire Danes, uh, Romeo and Juliet on a Saturday evening as Ugh. one does. Um, and one does. I just had this thought like, what if Romeo and Juliet like had died? Like what if they just had this insane moment together? crazy love like they're totally disturbed insane teens but then they like clean themselves up and like go and live normal functioning lives you know going to therapy and having 401ks and just being like normal as normal as those two people can be and then they run into each (laughs) other like in their early 30s and like what happens like you know do soulmates have an expiration date and everyone always said, you know, every writing teacher always says to start with a question. And that was really my question. Like, do, do, do you grow out of a soul, a soulmate? And, you know, those really strong, insane emotions that you feel as a teen, like, are they real? Sometimes they are. Um, and so in this book, they're the main character, Eva, who is a erotica writer, a vampire erotica writer. <laughs> yes, I love it. You know I love you know I love my yes. vampire shit like so and same. hard. Like I went through a twilight um like a hard twi hard phase. I read I read a lot of uh, yeah, Buffy. It's, you know, Angel. All and, of yeah, it. Yeah, all of it. Um and so <laughs> yeah, so she's a single mother in Brooklyn. She has a 12-year-old daughter and she lives this very structured life writing this erotica though she hasn't had sex in years. And she goes to a fancy book event and runs into this um, very famous literary author, you know, award-winning, much lauded, voice of a generation. Um, But no one ever sees him because he's very elusive. And they run into each other and we find out that they actually shared a very spicy week together when they were teens. And no one knows that they know each other. They pretend to have just be meeting. but they've been sort of secretly communicating to each other through their books over the years. Ugh, which is so sexy. I like don't even, I mean, also as a writer, it's like, oh, quietly communicating to each other yes. through their work is so sexy. Like, and I do think that, oh, I just, I mean, if someone was doing that to me, I, I know. don't know what I'd do. I know, lose my same. <laughs> and that's what I always try to do with my books. I'm like, how can I make this so high stakes and so crazy that like, you know, you picture yourself in the situation and you would just be floored. You know, it's it, it's a definite heightened reality. And then there's a lot of, you know, mother and mother and daughter stuff in the book too. Yeah, I mean, it's very layered. I mean, it's, it. there's this instant, like palpable chemistry that you feel coming off the page between these two people. But also, I mean, Ava's Ava's story is so interesting. I mean, she's a single mom. She deals with chronic pain. She (laughs) has a comp. Yeah. Well, which, yes. I mean, there's so much you in, and then, you know, I'm the kind of writer who likes to put a lot of myself into something too. And I have yet to finish a novel, which I'm going to try to do this year. But I think, 
there's so I I it made me Aww. miss you so much because she's not right. you but she is you and I could hear you in it and and when some some things that she says that I'm like oh that's Tina yeah. you know because it's it's very funny but it's also you know she has a, a complicated and traumatic past mm-hmm. so does he um, that they are both kind of have worked through some of are constantly working through, you know, she is also like wanting to maybe push herself in a different facet of her writing and her career. And she's struggling with that. So it is sexy and funny and romantic, but it is also, it's, it's very layered story too, that I really hope that a lot of people read this summer because it's a perfect summer read. I mean, it's perfect anytime read. I don't believe in guilty pleasures or that things are only summer reads but (laughs) i'm like it's a great read whenever you pick it up but it does happen to be coming out um june 1st correct june 1st and people can pre-order it now at all the places that one might pre-order a book it is totally pre-orderable and the cover is so pretty isn't it no author ever likes their (gasps) cover my publisher did such a beautiful job it looks like a like film art. It's so beautiful. I texted you the second I saw it. I think it was it was in a, a some yeah. sort of roundup. I couldn't remember. And you couldn't even make it public yet, but it was um it, it's it's it made me and I would have wanted to read this book no matter what, but I think for people who don't know you if you just it's one of those where you see it and you're like, "Yes, that is compelling." Like I want that they on my bookshelf. They did such a good job. Oh my gosh. Well, thank you. This has been so much fun. I could talk to you for a hundred more hours and hopefully we'll do it in person very soon. But seven days in June comes out on June 1st. So everybody pre-order it, pick it up. Um, I love you very much. Thank you for being my first guest. Abby, I couldn't be more flattered and honored. And this has been a total blast. And I hope you have me. Oh my God. I'm going to, as much as you'll come, I will have you. Of course. Okay. Have a good day. Love you. You too. Love you. Bye. Thank you so much for listening to the very first episode of We Have Notes. I am really and truly grateful for any little soul out there who decided to let me ramble and giggle my way into your AirPods or your car speaker or wherever it is you do your pod listening these days. Um, As you can tell, I had a lot of fun. I'll bring in the laughs later at some point. Maybe. I don't know. I'm going to have some really funny people on here and they just make me laugh. Uh, But I know I had a lot of fun and I hope you did too. I hope you'll subscribe and rate and review and all that good stuff that you know how to do because we've been listening to podcasts for a long time now. Just know it'll be very, very appreciated by my highly competitive nature. And if you want to hear more from Tia Williams, and you absolutely should, uh, be sure to follow her on Instagram at Tia Williams Writes and on Twitter at Tia W underscore Writes. You can catch me on Twitter at Abby Gardner or on the gram at Abby C. Gardner. Because at some point, many, many, many moons ago, a youth, I'm assuming it's a youth, grabbed my name and forced me to throw my middle initial in there. And We Have Notes has its very own Instagram feed as well. It's just at We Have Notes. So thanks again. I'm so glad you were here and I'll talk to you again soon. <laughs>